You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's fantastic to be here. Uh, I just had a quick note here at the top of the episode. Betrayed! 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 Betrayed. There's nothing like a great Krypton Council turning into ghost scenes. Yeah, I gotta wonder if that's either... A recording or just it's like the kryptonian computer knows how to do a dramatic fadeaway <laughs> i felt like it was like the kryptonians are putting on like a christmas story like he, like he was the ghost of christmas past or something it was so weird because it's just the voices and the i assume like the like some of the memories of the kryptonian council i guess because yeah which it, i don't recall being in any of the movies but yeah it used to be just his mother but i just love that that fucking they deliver like two lines like fuck the humans it's not worth it yeah, just fly don't, to don't a new hate. planet it's like what but just the the, the the dramatic fadeaway i was laughing in my seat <laughs> also i could not figure out how that would count as betraying them by saving yeah, another it, it like they're like no doom them to our same stupid mistake we were a planet that had spaceships and stayed on it till it blew up i would rather those floating heads be like are you sure all governments are cool with you destroying their military installations well we later <laughs> find out at the united nations yes they were all cool with it which Apparently. begs the question why was there a hard time with the summit if they all agreed they should get rid of nuclear weapons yeah, I wish I wish there was at least just one cut to like an angry Russian guy just shaking his head no. Like, yeah, I don't like this. Also, their plan to get rid of them was just to shoot them into space and let him pick them up and throw them into the sun. Yeah, I also want to point out here. I know we're it's Superman movie accuracy, but uh, there's like at this time in American history, there's like sixty thousand <laughs> nuclear. Yeah, the like, United States probably has like six hundred at least on their own. <laughs> not like six thousand, and he's got like what appears to be one from every country like russia because this is still soviet union so the cccp launches one missile i'm like those motherfuckers got more than one missile bro if that's what they told you they just had the one you got to get down there and search i also like how like he throws them into the sun but it's like um the sun's super far away like i get he's superman but they would take forever to get there (laughs) It's, like it's not a Jason. Yeah, it's like his power scale is confusing. So far away. Because during fight sequences, he can only seem to grope the ankle of Nuclear Man. But during but during non-fight sequences, he can I don't know move the moon. Yes, which <laughs> I'm should, sorry, I'm getting way. This ahead of movie myself. has a very tenuous grasp on science. Like, oh my god, and he moves the moon, which would cause oh catastrophic effects on the Earth. <laughs> It would be nightmare to us. The moon regulates so much shit on the earth because of its gravitational pull. Like, tides would be fucked up. All sorts of shit would be destroyed by him moving the moon. And And it wouldn't just, like, go back into an orbit after he was done moving it to wherever he was putting it. Yeah, unless he (laughs) managed to somehow move it in its exact orbit, maybe. But also, that guy flies that woman up into space, and she appears to be fine. People can't live it's, in space, guys. <laughs> it's it's dumber than that. I just want... I'm, I know, I'm happy that we're talking about this out of sequence at the top of the episode. Because we watched Superman 4, A Quest for Peace. And I need you to understand that at some point, a villain called Nuclear Man, or like a dollar Gene, store American gladiator, well, and then was Gene drift- keeps calling him nuclear man and nu- however fuck you I can't even mis- man. I don't know how you mispronounce the word nuclear so I can't has do it has flown has flown a tabloid heiress into space mm-hmm. in her high-heeled shoes and 80s like uh uh, uh fucking power suit oh has yeah the flown shoulder pads and everything deep into space like moon adjacent and as she's like as as, as nuclear man <laughs> powers down I love that she clings to him as if she's falling like down you know, yes. like you do with gravity. <laughs> Not in space, lady. You're already dead because all the oxygen she's, left your lungs. She's dangling from his ankle, like she's hanging off like the edge of like a building, as if as if as if she's gonna fall straight down. I'm sorry. Is 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 Superman Four Quest for Peace positing some sort of like flat Earth theory? Like I'm trying right. to figure out. What I, they uh, think here's happens. the theory they were positing. This movie was budgeted for forty million dollars, which is a lot of money in 1987. When they went to film the money, they cut the budget to seventeen. Million. They went to film the money. 
did I say money I meant to say movie mm-hmm. when they went to film the movie <laughs> they cut the budget down to 17 million which is like a huge drop like moments like days before they were going to go film it because at this point uh canon films which uh, if you don't know about them you got to look them up there's a great documentary about it but uh they are like insane the, the two guys who run it they're cousins and they're just making terrible movies for like no budgets and somehow they bought the rights to uh superman and spider-man because they are currently they making the... they're currently making a spider-man movie at the time of this movie yeah it's, it's in production production and uh, I think it's the guy who went, who was originally supposed to do um, the Island of Doctor Monroe, I think, but I could be wrong on that. Anyways, uh, Richard Stanley. Um, but like at this point, their their formula for making movies is they've had like three successful movies total, and they're on like Death Wish eight now because they bought the rights to that. So they're just like crapping out movies. Like um, Break In was really popular, but then they followed it up within like eight months with a terrible sequel break into electric boogaloo uh they've mostly just made shit and it's like an, you should watch the documentary but at this point they're going under so they cut the budget on this film and but even with that going on the two dudes saw the like the dailies of this film this movie and thought they had a blockbuster but the movie was originally two hours and like 10 minutes long and they were like that's too long no one will sit through there's that. There's a lot of cutscenes, and you can see them. Like you can yes, see you can tell strange, things strange, jagged sequences. Yeah, they cut it like, down to an hour and twenty seven minutes. That like, is an insane has a amount to cut out of a movie. He has a speech at the end that just like keeps cutting away and keeps moving illogically to different sentences. You can tell they just chopped it into pieces for no conceivable reason. But what's even more insane is they cut out forty three minutes or something, or, or fifty minutes or something, and what this movie is is what they chose to leave yeah. in there is a a good 15 minute long scene where clark ken is doing an 80s sitcom where he's on two dates at once and he's trying to keep the women from realizing that he's the same person it's it's, it's so it, upsetting because it's not even well done it's just terrible sir, sir what do we do about uh uh the film we have all this all this uh all, all these sequences shot uh, what do we keep? What do we drop? Well, do you have a scene where he's like a shitty Zach Morris? Yeah, we've got, uh, oh boy, a real long one. Do you have a scene where he cooks a duck with his eyes so that <laughs> the smoke will make Lois run out of the room so he can appear back downstairs so that the other woman, whose name I can't remember, will see him get stuck on a <laughs> luggage rack and be carried out of the building? Like he's, I mean, it was, it just went on. Like I could not believe, I, I watched this movie with my brother and like three minutes in, he was like, they can't still be doing this bit, can they? And I was like, I don't think it's ever going to end. It's so long. And then Lex Luthor appears on like a TV screen. He's like, look to your left. And it's like, but how do you know where he is? <laughs> oh, boy. Wait, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's all a mess. Uh, it's the, terrible. The, fi- the film tries to open with a space scene, which, I mean, again, always trying to find a bright light in these things, at least gives us something to maybe pine for is this interesting sequence of uh, uh, an accident on a space station that let's, Superman is intervening. Let's be careful with the words. Interesting sequence. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, theoretically, the idea yeah, of being trapped in a space of, station yeah. and Superman being outside rescuing your ally, there can be real tension in that idea. Um, These people are hit by what is essentially another space station. Which They're is like, not how it works. Another space station. <laughs> They would just be like, eva- like the, the the ship they were in would be destroyed. Things yeah, in yeah, space yeah. are moving pretty fast, and I mean, like they, it's not like they're hit by a small amount of debris. It is literally a ship-sized piece of debris, and it knocks their friend out, who is singing some terrible song, and they refer to him as Comrade Sinatra, which I was like, wait, would would like communist Russians even know who Sinatra is? <laughs> who the fuck knows? Um, but my favorite part of this whole very bad, very clumsy, way soundstage scene is that Superman rescues Comrade Sinatra. Uh, Comrade Sinatra and brings him back to the space station. And then he, he, he tucks him into the space station as if it's like a naughty child into, his, like, into the backseat of a minivan. And then in turn, shut, I couldn't stop laughing so hard. When he closes the hatch, it doesn't have like that... It's amazing how much small special effects help. There's no hiss. There's yeah, no, no sound effects. 
there's no sound effect. It thuds like cardboard. It just sounds like closing the back of like my mom's Subaru hatchback. Like it's just like a click. Yeah. <laughs> like it's Superman is also speaking in space, which is not possible. Yeah. And they're hearing him through the windows of the space. And and that this is the start of like it, at this point I was like this is like is that a thing? We are I don't minutes in. Superman knowing every language, but we, they we they are... posit in this film his super intelligence lets him speak every language falsely. And it's the first As, of many confusing uses exactly. of Superman's powers. As with every Superman from film from this sequence uh, of films, uh, he they just decided to give him a bunch of absurd powers out of desperation for something cool. Don't forget that in one of the previous films, he pulled his own emblem off his chest in hologram form and threw it like a, like a Captain America shield. Like, don't forget that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's hard and to don't forget that this that is worse Super- than the third one. <laughs> In Superman 2, we established that his kiss can make Lois yeah. Lane forget that who he is. Don't worry, he does that here again, which when you really think about it, is super rapey. To uh, like knock a woman unconscious so she can't remember your interactions. What do you mean? What do you, mean? You, mean you mean a roofie kiss is weird? I don't yeah. know what you mean. <laughs> They're also, uh, like, after this scene, we find out that I guess Clark Kent's uh, mom's dead because she's not in it and they don't really reference, but he's selling the farm. Yeah, that's he, not any drama that'd be worth filming. Don't worry yeah. about that. And he shows up to go out to get his spaceship to, to receive the uh, Chekhov's gun scene in which he's given an object oh. where it's like, you can only use it once. It's like, I wonder if we'll have to use it this movie. Oh, you mean the MacGuffin crystal? Yeah, yeah, yeah the MacGuffin crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that it has the, the, it has the implied use of like an, a really too specific Bond gadget. Like, like when you watch a bad Bond movie and Q's like, here you go, Bond, this inflatable bridge will help you cross uh, a gap of exactly f- like 36 meters. And you're like, oh, okay, all right, well, that, that will certainly come up. Uh, <laughs> this, this, this shark spray wristwatch will certainly help you, I assume, on this desert-based adventure. Uh, but then, of course, he falls into a shark t- can't. You know, it's it's so specific that when she goes, here's a power crystal that can be used once, which is weird because it flew a a, a life pod <laughs> across many galaxies. But I guess it's down to like 10 percent battery. So yeah. I guess- and uh, <laughs> when it pulls out, he pulls it out of the spaceship. Uh, the spaceship just disintegrates, which is like no. weird. Well, not not so. He just stares it at it real out. hard. It faces out of existence. It seems like he 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 erases it with his own intent. Like because because he's done with it. He's distracted by his real estate agent coming up, which yes. is a great scene. We all were hoping to see. I was hoping um, that I could see an oil tycoon apparently trying to sell Clark Kent's farm, and Clark won't sell it out to put. He's like, we don't need another mall. It's like, motherfucker, why would they build a mall out here? You're in the middle of forty two cornfields. No one's near so, here. I now have to get to something. Does mm-hmm. this movie hate capitalism? This movie hates everything. But I, but I'm serious. This movie is the most anti-cap. Like they talk about this movie being about you know uh, a statement against nuclear arms, which it really isn't. Um, because it's a everyone just against uh, I think the corruption of capitalism towards the military. Context. I think it's a specific manifesto against capitalism because every almost every sequence of characters talking is about the foulness of corporations because this real estate tycoon wants to buy his wholesome american farm and even tells tells him like nobody wants these anymore we're replacing these yeah i do with like something like, different nobody farms anymore it's like wait what yes people still which farm, is, <laughs> which is weird people but still even, farm now and it's 30 years in the future even if he's stating that 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 more efficient, like productionalized machine farms, have replaced have replaced the need for many small individual family-owned farms. Even if that's his point, what he's saying to Superman is, "Your current farm, this thing you have, is now obsolete. Capitalism has determined that, and it is now it is now supposed to be, you know, whatever development properties, mini malls, whatever." But Superman says no, and, and and we're supposed to like obviously feel with Superman on that one. We're supposed to feel like yeah, you gotta keep his family farm. Fuck that, that that. Well, they're showing that he's the all American there, you know. Right, exactly. Preserving the like, American values throughout the film, like uh, like Lex Luthor, this capitalist guy who's just literally sitting behind stacks of money and talking about how much money he's made from war. Uh, the fact that <laughs> the fact that this newspaper, which was bought like quite legally by, by an Rupert investor. Murdoch. 
by Rupert Murdoch, who's decided to make changes to it, which again, totally within the, the bounds see, of capitalism. I, I feel like the, that is not about it being capitalism. That is about that's like some sort of weird preachy thing about like the the media having the like that it should it should be I don't know like pure like that it's the media's duty to like not bend the truth and to not write sensationalized headlines. Right, but which but is the like. Re- I don't the think reason... it's because of capitalism. I think it's genuinely just they're like, w- whether that's the goal is to get money. I Hold think on. he's just like, they I, have an obligation I, to I should right point thing. out, the Rupert Murdoch character literally says, it's about money, baby. He yeah. says those words. Like, yeah, he, but I, I he, think though He that's... knows that, the, the, that people don't open the paper to read in-depth articles about a war you know in 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 some for you know some foreign country they want to read sensationalist garbage which makes money so this and, and at the end of the movie the the editor of the daily bugle even states that the, that 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 the that this newspaper needs to be protected like a natural resource which by the way aren't protected we foul the shit out of those all the time but you know what i mean like like he's trying to say that, that that there should be a protected as if the government would endorse like running a news agency and uh and and not have it open to the free market. But you know what I mean? Like this, 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 all these notes keep coming up where like this movie's mad at corporations and like money grubbing, and I was like, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's it's well, a bigger note than nuclear nuclear weapons. That's well, that is also because they cut out. Like, I guess 20 minutes worth of the movie is them explaining the whole why doesn't Superman stop the nuclear crisis. And there's, like, a whole bigger scene with him and that kid. And there's, like, a much longer thing where Superman is like, is it right for me to tell these people how to govern themselves? Because then aren't I as bad as the people who are, like, holding... And, like, I guess there was, like, this really big thing. And this goes to, if you know anything about Christopher Reeves, he actually helped write this movie. It was, like, a big deal for him. And he was very proud of it. And there's... uh, According to uh, Margot Kidder, he was, like, unbearable to be with on the set because, like, he was so, like, precious about the script. And I guess, though, like, a big portion of him, if you know him after, you know, after these movies and after his accent and stuff, he was, like, a huge advocate. Like, he was very much against, like, media for, or, like, uh, news becoming entertainment. He was very against warfare. He was very against nuclear warfare. He had, like, a lot of causes that he was for. So... To me, it's just like, yeah, this is just him supporting all the causes he wanted in this movie. But then they cut it down so much that yeah. it's not really a movie about anything. Because at the end, no. that guy legally buys back the thing. So I don't even think it's anti-capitalism because he uses capitalism to buy it back. He buys all the guy's shares. Which, by the way, how do you not own the controlling interest of your own company? Yeah, <laughs> I have no company, idea. Then. Millions None of, of that made like, sense. That's not how it works. You have to maintain the controlling interest. So, but what I... Uh, but he gets back all to the, like, like the loans too. I loved. He was like, I talked to all the banks in the area. They gave me the loans. It's like, aren't you still got to pay back those loans? Yeah, I love the idea that banks were like, we believe in a real American news, uh, so yeah. we're gonna give you money. I'm you like, could I'm tell sorry, this was the eighties when people like news <laughs> stations still actually did the news instead of being like, guess what? Obama threw away in his trash can. Is he a Nazi? You know, like where it was just the most sensationalized bullshit that could come out or of like, a person's mouth. Or like that 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 an American bank would be like, you know what? You're right. We need to do what's <laughs> what's right for this country although yeah maybe in the long run though, this does make sense the american banks are like buy them up so they won't know about the bailouts we'll cover yeah, exactly. it we'll cut exactly. those out now the banks now the banks run the newspaper that'll be fine i can't see how that would go wrong um i also love that the movie tries to establish the the core conceit of this movie's crisis which is this what they call a nuclear crisis but what's so fucking funny is all you get is like one news piece where it's it, like it's introduced to tell you that there is a problem not like they're the, like yeah, oh, we're exactly. meeting for the summit to decide whether or not what to do about nuclear proliferation the president comes on tv and was like the talk didn't go well and then it cut to like a newsroom and like like oh kids relax i know we're all upset about the crisis oh, and i'm like oh my god know, that seems a that scene was like filmed in like prague with no American. None of those people are speaking English, I swear. Because no. every, everybody looks like they're dubbed. The only person who can speak English is that kid who I guess only direction he was given was yell. Because he just yells everything he says. And, and he's very clearly dubbed by like a much older person. It's very disturbing. I, I also love, too, that she's like, now what can we do, kids? We could write to our congressman. It's like, you are a room full of, like, 
minors. They don't give a shit. Like, we're like well, they don't give a shit any. Yeah, they don't give a shit degree. about adults. They still aren't going to give a fuck about a bunch of whiny little kids. But I was like, why are you having like what are essentially eight year olds watch a thing about nuclear death? Like being like, yeah, yeah we're all going to die that? in a nuclear war. This isn't the 1950s anymore. Like, we don't. And then asking them, what are we going to do about it? Like, as if the like, eight year olds have the have the, the wherewithal to solve a nuclear. I assumed she was going to be like, let's, like, I was like, is this movie going to be about, like, an armed revolt? Like, these kids get guns and, like, storm the, like, president's yeah. office? It was just so weird. Or the assumption that any kid would give a shit. Like, obviously the kids would all be like, no, we want to watch G.I. Joe. We don't yeah. give two or they're fucks. Or like, they're like, this is the weirdest way to teach English. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just... But a kid writes a letter to Superman... Which he sends to the... Which thankfully Daily gets delivered Bugle. to the yeah the Daily Bugle. Which makes sense. That's Superman's kind of hometown. Which no one, which no one questions. Uh, and then it gets sent to Lois, which they make it sound like this happens all the time. People write yeah. Lois letters to give to Superman. I guess she's and she just seen, so seen with Superman a lot. Yeah, and she you know? just so happens to read it in this woman's office, and the woman's like, we can do something with it. And it's like, oh... Like, what if she had not read this year? Would this movie and be I love entire, like we would the, the movie would have been about Superman living in like a dystopian future where everybody was killed in a nuclear war that he could have stopped. I, I also love that the letter is no more than "Dear Superman, nuclear weapons are bad, and I don't like them. Please make them in the sun. Thank you." Yeah. Like that's the letter. It's not like a obviously it's a kid wrote it, but it's not like a moving piece. But Superman reacts to it like he's just been read like some piece of Shakespearean beauty, and he kind of falls in his seat gasping for air, like he can't handle it. It's the most overacting you've ever seen Christopher Reeve do to this child letter that was basically like, I I saw on TV that nuclears are bad. Can you please make no nuclears? Thank you. Also, can I get a truck? Yeah. Also, could you come to my baseball game? I want to tell my friends. I told a bunch of my friends I know you, so don't make me look like an asshole. Also, can you really see through ladies' clothing? If so, what do they look like? Yeah. (laughs) What what color is uh, her underwear? Because that's still not one of the most disturbing scenes in a superhero film ever. Well, as if this movie wanted to do something at that level, they decide that the heiress to this this newspaper uh, franchise is going to sit on Superman's lap, straddle him, and just sort of gyrate around uh, while... Well, 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 touching his face gently and asking him questions about going on a date. It's really upsetting. <laughs> Very upsetting. This is also, there's a great moment where they release the, the Superman newspaper where it says, um, Superman says to kid, like, piss off. I forget the exact wording, but it's Drop like, dead. Drop dead, yeah. And I was like, wow. And I do love there's a moment where uh, Perry White's like, this time he's gone too far. It's like, as near as we can tell, this guy just bought this newspaper two days ago. What do you mean this time? He's been in charge for 40 minutes. And that's when Superman goes to the really judgy Krypton council to be like, fuck him, we killed ourselves too. We wanted to see it keep happening. I don't that know why you're not cash. talking. Your dad didn't agree to come back. I don't know if Marlon Brando was dead now, but no, he couldn't have been. Yeah, It's boring so. here. Let's go to a new place. <laughs> <laughs> Find a place with more women. You hey, never do bring that thing, any here. Do that thing where you throw your shield symbol. Also, here's a way you can learn to cook a duck seamlessly by looking through a door. A door. A door. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize I let go of the button. <laughs> it always fades out at the end of whatever my sentence happens to be. Like, watch this. Now up to bed. Jose Canseco. Seiko. <laughs> Um, Baba yeah. Booey, <laughs> Cornholio, Holio, <laughs> Superman's just like staying like, what the fuck? Why did I come up here? This guy's assholes. What happened to my dad? He was the only recording I had. Now I just have like two older looking guys who are very just angry about everything. We deleted it, Brando. Fuck him. Um, um. <laughs> he was too expensive. We spent too much money on getting Hackman back for some you think reason. We- you think we have Brando money? No, no, no. Or whatever is, whatever actress played his mother. We don't even have that kind of money. This is just Bill who works in the custodian. Yeah. This uh, is the guy who was the craft thing. service dude. We pulled him yeah. off because we don't have enough money for craft service anymore. Oh, fuck's sake. Um, so this is an excellent scene that follows a bunch. Okay, well, I'm just going to buzz over. There's a bunch of dumb teen drama romance shit that well, packs this let's, movie. Let, let's just talk about one scene, though, that is insane. Uh, Lois comes to see Superman and he's super bummed out by this kid's message and he decides he wants to talk to her about something 
and he needs to tell her that he's Superman. So how do you think he does oh, it? Oh, right. Like, what's, like, the best way to tell somebody you're Superman? Like, maybe you, uh, maybe you well, open I'm, your shirt and you're wearing your I got clothes. a list here. I was just looking at, let's see, Cosmo's top ten ways to reveal a big secret to your significant other. It says, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Number ten says, no, number one says, uh, uh, take her up to the rooftop and attempt a suicide. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that oh, is how yeah! this man, <laughs> Superman pulls him and Lois off of a building and she starts screaming. Think Think about the sheer fucking terror of that for a minute. Yeah, like, thank God in a way he does give her an amnesia kiss afterwards because otherwise she would have, like, PTSD. Like, she went up with a man that she thought was her friend and he tried to murder her, like, a suicide murder pact. I mean, it I was mean, crazy. I'm not afraid of heights or anything, but when I'm standing on, like, a high ledge, you get that, like, gut like that gut drop just being so close and seeing the distance can you imagine someone just hurtling you over the edge against your will oh How yeah fucking hor- horrifying not to mention like shortly after while they're flying apparently around the world very quickly For i no don't reason. even on the world's worst blue screen that's right blue oh, yeah. screen because it didn't have the text in for this green movie, the, the special effects in this movie oh, could not have cost more than ten dollars yeah, that has that brings up an important point. I was watching it, and there is a scene in early on where Superman flies directly at the camera, uh-huh. and then when he's saving Lois from the uh, the the uh, the runaway train later on, yep. he does the same fly at the camera. Except this one's better because he flies past a tra- a, tra- a station full of people, and they're all looking to the left, and he flies like past them because it's just a static shot that they've superimposed a moving Clark uh, or Christopher Reeve to. So, so they're all looking behind where Superman is and he's flying the opposite direction, which is just great. Anyway, it's, but that when he flies at the camera, I was like, that looks familiar. Did they reuse a shot? So I Googled it and someone else had complained about this and they pulled all the shots. There's yeah, it, nine of them, it, nine of them in this one movie. Books. It's, it's the same shot too. It's the exact same footage you can watch. Not only, his cape blows in the exact same manner, and he squints it's, in the same place in the footage. It's not only the same looped shot, five-second, ten-second looped shot of Superman flying at the screen, just as you described, used nine times. But the finale of him just sort of flying over the Earth is literally the finale of the first film with a slight color correction, hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> oh, yeah. They apparently... Uh, I, was reading, I was looking up some stuff, and apparently, I guess... They were originally supposed to, after the movie was done filming, the principal photography, they were going to spend five months filming flying scenes with him and Nuclear Man, the fight scene where they're flying, and they cut it down to one month. So they they basically had to do four months extra worth of filming in one month. So they basically were just like, we can get one shot of him flying towards us, one shot of Nuclear Man flying towards us, and a couple of shots of them hitting each other in the boringest fight scene on the moon where apparently a stuntman suffered a career-ending injury and he sued Canon Films. I yeah, saw that fight scene. I cannot picture what could have possibly happened that could have injured this man so much short of like someone walking on set and shooting him because it's just two guys gently like catfighting because that's like Nuclear Man's big move is his claws come out and he like catfights. Like he like swings his hands. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it's exclusively just little, like, light taps and sort of fumbly gropes is the entirety, is the entirety of, of the fight scene, all the fight scenes in this movie once um, once a nuclear man becomes a presence. But uh, we get this sequence that's so wrong. I was reading an interview with Christopher Reeve, who, by the way, stated that Canon Films had, without question, by his own words, 30 to 40 other films being filmed at the same time. Oh, yeah. they—they they, if you, I, I cannot recommend that documentary enough. It's called Electric Boogaloo. It is the most... You will not believe that a company could have existed for as long as it did basically making movies that made zero dollars. But Christopher was talking about how he was really upset about some of the sequences that he had pictured because, like you said, he had written a lot of these scripts. So, uh, a lot of the scripts. So, obviously, when he wrote a big thing for him, which was the nuclear proliferation, you know, conversation that he wanted to bring into this film. Um, A big thing for him was that speech at the UN. And again, it's cut down dramatically, which is a shame because, you know, Christopher Reeve is a good performer 
And uh, uh, he's capable of bringing a lot of, like, theatric gravitas and stuff. But that sequence of having him walk up to the um, the United Nations, they couldn't afford to shoot. Uh, he was even saying that if this was Superman 2, you know, they would have, like, closed the street and, like, brought in fake cars and brought in fake people and, like, you know, filmed a whole sequence in front of the actual UN building because that's the kind of thing that he would have expected. But because it was canon and because they... Uh, because they had to cut down the budget, it ended up just being this, like, shot on, like, the corner of some city in, like, Canada where they were filming. <laughs> and they just, like, he basically just, like, walks into what is probably a bodega off screen. Yeah, yeah or, like, a hotel. <laughs> yeah, like, a hotel lobby. And he walks into, like, a back entrance, and then he, suddenly he's in, like, a really bad, like, blue-screened version of the, uh, of the United Nations, which appears to just be, like, five nations, as far as I can tell. And, and like we said earlier, he just says, I don't like nukes. And they say, sure, us too. Hooray. And then everyone cheers. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like, I'm going to take all of your nukes. And everybody's like, yeah. And they start clapping. And I, I looked at my brother and I was like, wait, if everybody's in favor of this, why did those talks break down? Like if everybody was just like, yeah, we should get rid of nukes. Yeah, I agree. So should we. What were they in a fight about between U.S. and Russia? Were they like, I don't like that you want to shoot them into space. I want to shoot them into the ocean. Like, I don't understand. Well, he also says specifically that I don't represent any nation. And I'm like, um, that might be bullshit, Superman. I remember your, 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 your a particular catchphrase of yours that ends with the American way. And even if that's outdated, all you do is help people in America. Excluding the opening of one of the other Superman movies where you, like, dealt with that bomb on the Eiffel Tower by coincidence... You just kind of hang around Metropolis, like, stopping, like, runaway buses and, 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 and trains where the conductor has, like, I think a heart attack? Uh, but apparently it's fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got to talk about that in a second. But, but he says, I don't represent any nation. And it's like, I don't think that's true. Because if I was a foreign nation and, and, and an American super alien was like, I'm going to go take... He doesn't say, I'm going to organize the countries and, like, you know, have a conversation. He's like, I'm going to come to your various secret military installations and I'm going to rip out your nuclear deterrence. Uh, I promise I'll do it for my country too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why would anyone agree to that? (laughs) I mean, I think in a way they should have just been like, like, he should have been like, you're doing it because I'm basically God. Like, there's nothing you can do to stop me. I'm If you don't, I'll come take them. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, he should have just played that card. Yeah, he should have been like, yeah, like there's like a, a comic where Superman basically does that. He shows up and he's like, you know what? I'm fucking tired of you guys. You won't do. You keep doing the stupid shit. So from now on, I run the like the planet. It was like a, a one of those like Elseworld things. It's like one issue, and he basically becomes like this dictator and rules the world. Because can I can I paint a scene yes. for you? Sure. I want to imagine that you have just come down from your office building in Metropolis, and you've mm-hmm. got. You know, just a ham. You got a ham sandwich with you. You got a little, uh, got a little soft drink. You got a book you're gonna read, catch up on. So you plop down in this nice little uh, outdoor area, a little, little fountain spot, right near a residential residential building, in the skyscraper. And you watch, uh, you watch people just kind of go in and out. You know, not really noticing anyone in particular. And then Superman, uh, you watch a man run out into the parking lot and jump into a black Lincoln Continental. Mm-hmm. And then he gets out the other side, and he's Superman. Very clearly the same guy. No, I would assume that Superman was also in the Black Continental. And then he flies up to the balcony of a penthouse. And he thought, huh, that's weird. I guess he, uh, I guess Superman was nearby and he needed to save somebody. And then he watched him sail back down and get back in the Lincoln Continental. And then come out the other side dressed in a suit. And you watch him do that nine times in about four minutes. <laughs> what... What do you what do you tell people? I'm what like I saw Superman and some guy in a suit having like like sex in a black continental <laughs> and they kept sneaking out. I I mean it is so insane. And what I love is in this one, they don't even like he just combs his hair to the other side and takes his glasses yeah. off. And it's like it's... come on man, like at least in the first movie he, he has like a different haircut when he's Superman. Like he has like the like the little Jerry curl thing going on or whatever, like the little curl on his forehead. I'm like, at yeah. least that's something. This is he looks identical. There's no nobody in the world would look at him and not be like, That dude's legit just Superman. Like those glasses do not do enough. But real quick, you brought up the subway scene. Yes. In the beginning, uh, the subway man has a heart attack, and Superman comes and stops the train. 
and then goes inside and says, I think he'll be all right. He needs a doctor. Those two statements are not the same. I think he'll be all sure. right means he's fine. He needs a doctor. He's not fine. Those are two like mutually exclusive statements. But then they go to get the guy off the train, and he's like, hold on just a second. I want everyone to know that our subways are still the safest means of transportation around the city. Then he gets out of the way and lets the EMTs go to the man who had a heart attack. That guy, like, I, I could not figure out why that scene was in the movie and why he felt the need to be like, subways are safe. Like, did the canon people be like, ooh, I don't know, this made me people afraid to ride subways? I could not figure out what the fuck was going on. And it was so weird that he stops the EMTs from getting that guy so he can deliver the worst message. Also, that guy makes a great noise when he has a heart attack. He's like, huh? Yeah, there's a bunch of excellent, like, off, 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 off the side of the screen sound effects. Uh, so, did you notice that uh, one of the mobsters, or not mobsters, but uh, the guy who was in charge of America's nuclear warheads, did you realize what actor that was? Are you talking about fucking Porkins? Or do you yep. mean the uh, uh, Professor Moody from the uh, Harry Potter film? I was, I was saying Porkins back. You know, he, he was in, I forget, he was in another superhero movie we did. I can't remember which one now. But I like when I saw him, I was like, really, dude? Because, like, he is, he's, like, really smacked up a storm in this one. Like, it's really bad. The only person overacting more than him is uh, Hackman, who is doing, I don't know what, for most of this movie. <laughs> Sorry, I should correct myself. I, I meant to say Professor Horace Slughorn. Played by Jim Broadbent. Jim Broadbent standing back there, not saying any lines while just being a random tycoon. Um, yeah, I, 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 this we have to talk about this scene. Um, God, there's so much I want to talk about, and I don't have enough time to be angry at this film. So, a couple things real quick. One thing we also forgot to mention that I would I would hate to not mention is Lex Luthor's jailbreak. Um, yeah, I mean everything with Lex Luthor and his nephew Lenny. Yeah, yep, that's the guy. I, I mean, I assume you're referring to uh, our boy John Cryer. Yeah, Ducky from Pretty in Pink <laughs> shows up. Also, this is like hot off the heels of that movie. Also from Two and a Half Men. Yeah, so and on the plus side, this is only the second worst thing he's ever been in. Boom, well, I burned you Two and a Half Men. <laughs> you know what's something interesting that I didn't realize until I, I looked him up? Um, on the current like airing this year supergirl series he plays lex Luthor. yes which he said he did he he agreed to take the role to make up for how bad this was <laughs> i also i looked up an interview because my brother was like i don't know why because i don't even care about john cryer he's like i'd really be interested to know what he thought about this movie and uh, i was doing some research and i found he was talking about it and he was like this was like a huge deal for him because he thought he loved superman he hated superman 3 he thought that, like, he's, like, a big nerd, I guess. He thought that this was going to be, like, the return of Superman to the big screen, and it was going to revitalize the franchise, and they were going to keep making them. He was excited that they got, like, Gene Hackman came back, uh, Margot Kidder came back, also Jimmy, the guy, I mean, that's not a big deal, but, like, all the people were back from the, the original movies. You know, a lot of them left, it at, like, midway through the second one in Hackman's position, uh, case, and for all of the third one, none of them are back. So he was, like, really excited, the movie was supposed to have a big budget, and they cut it. And he was just psyched because he was like, "I get to work across from like Gene Hackman. This is like such a big deal for me." Yeah, like an actor. He was a, like, "He's such deal. a great actor." And at that time, you know, he was like huge, and he's really excited, and he's going on and on about it. And um, he's given—I I don't even know—but he was like, as the movie was going on, I started to feel like something was wrong. And then he said, a couple months later, he ran into Christopher Reeves after Principal Photography was done. And he was like, oh my god, man, how you doing? Do you want to go get lunch? And Reeves was like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. So they went and got lunch. And he was like, what, what's going on with the movie? I can't wait for it to come out. And Chris Reeves was like, I'm just going to tell you this now. Uh, he said, you know, I want to break the news to you. He said, they've gutted the entire movie. He said, the cut makes zero sense. I wrote the movie, and I can't even figure out what the plot is in the, in the cut they sent me. He said, they gave me no time for the, the flying scenes and the fight scenes. So he said, it looks terrible and like i guess reeves just spelled it out to be like this movie's terrible it's gonna ruin superman they'll never make another superman movie and cryer's just like oh my god and so it came out and he was like he was right it was the worst but he was like devastated because he was like so excited and he was young but in this movie how would you describe what he's trying to accomplish 
Who? Like, Christopher like, Reeves? Like, no, John Schreier with his... Oh! Like, what is he supposed to be? Who the fuck knows? I, I think they're just replacing, you know, whatever the stupid henchman was in the previous one. That's, like, all they... And they thought it'd be, it'd be cute to make him a, a cousin or something, I guess? Yeah, he's. A, I think he's his nephew. Yeah, they, they make him. They make him a nephew, but um, you can tell. Like, I don't know what order these 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 shots were filmed, and you know, it's not always at the end of the movie is the end of the the final shots. But the last shot of this film, as they're trying to drive away in his like old timey car, which doesn't even make sense, um, he's like riding with Lex Luthor with his drumsticks and. <laughs> Lex is talking about leaving, and he he delivers a line exactly like this. Well, it's a good thing I brought my drum set. No, he's doing everything, though. He's like, good thing I brought my drum set. He has, like, this weird voice he's doing. Like, he keeps going, oh, no, over and over again. Like, I would say that's 75% of his dialogue. It's just him yes. going, oh, no. And then just, like, offhandedly saying stuff in the background of stuff. It's, I, I don't know. It was like, I couldn't, and he was like, he's like a... 50s like he looks like one of the bad guys in the first back to the future you know one of biff's gang i he like he has like a weird pompadour but he's dressed like some sort of like weird 80s dude i could not the whole thing was insane and then this lex's prison break with the two guards who can't say luther they kept saying luther or luthar over and over again i was like nobody on set stopped them and was like that's not how you say the name luther I don't know. But was, they, was... they, they get driven off of a cliff in this car that has, like, weird... Like, it looks like a Dr. Seuss car. Like, it has horns it's... coming off the side of it. <sighs> I can't get... I, I can't even fathom it. Because John Cryer, Lenny, drives up to what is a prison work gang. Like, yes, they were in they prison. they in quarry. And he drives up, and the two guards... What is There's the also justice two guards watching roughly 20... 20 if criminals I'm not mistaken, with hammers. Like, they could have just attacked those guys so easy. If I'm not mistaken, Lex Luthor is a domestic terrorist who attempted to destroy the United States on two separate occasions. He tried yes. to nuke California, and I don't remember what he did in two, because he's, it was he's dumb. He sided with uh, Zod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he attempted with the alien dictator that showed up. He attempted to overthrow humanity. And they have him just working what appears to be a white-collar prison job. And I know that because after he breaks out of prison, which is in itself a major crime, and then rallies up together three major treasonous people from yeah. the United States that are selling nuclear well, one weapons. One of them is a crazy Russian, and the other one is... I could not figure out exactly what. Yeah, who are selling nuclear weapons uh, 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 outside the jurisdiction of all major nations. And he also violates an unfathomable number of like of like natural laws when he clones a, a national hero, a global hero, by throwing his throwing his genetic material into the sun with some with cloth. a computer that will turn it into a, a clothing thing so that it, he says so it'll cover it for the morals of our time and i was like wait what there's a computer uh, I, in these in this guy's thong that's gonna turn it into a full outfit and then releases said monstrosity to wreak havoc across the planet uh he is sentenced and they say it out loud to 20 years yeah which is, like, on a level that's so insane. Like, if you and kill I should, just sorry. a person, it's 20. Like, if you kill I should point murder, out you go to jail for a 20 to life. I should point out, Superman only says, see you in 20 years. Which means that whatever he already had of his sentence, the only additional time made it 20 years. So Also, from that, he's, gonna, he's up for parole, which is important. <laughs> right, yes, yeah, he's going to be paroled right out. I mean, not that it matters, because apparently they just keep him, like, they just keep him in, like, a state park with one yeah, that you could just guard. drive out of. <sighs> also, I mean, like, it was, it, also, too, keep in mind, he is an escape risk. He escaped in the second movie, if you remember, where his stupid, I, I remember with the, like, hot air balloon, and there's that dumb guy with him. Oh, God, it was so right. bad. Uh, but this is also, too, like, the start of Lex Luthor. Like, he's weird in the other movies. But this one was just like, 
I don't know. His the the apartment he has looks like a Spencer Gifts threw up in it. It's like supposed to be like this opulent apartment, but then it has like weird like neon glow lights in the background. This like really like grotesque bar. Uh, like all this weird shit. There's just a slot machine on his patio next to a statue of the Sphinx. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And then at one point they cut back to him and he is slow dancing with a woman dressed like Marie Antoinette. Like the I guess full that's period what... outfit with like the powdered wig. And there's zero explanation. He stops and he's like, Thank you, my dear. And Nuclear Man shows up. And I was like, we're not going to address what the fuck just happened. No one's going to. Like, I was like, what was that supposed to mean? As far as I can tell, it's what the people who run Canon Films think rich people do. Well, I mean, judging by what I've heard of the guys who run Canon Film, I think it might be what they do. <laughs> but I mean, like, I could. I was just like, how do you not address that again? Because I was like, is it supposed to show he's insane? Because he already launched a nuclear warhead almost at himself. I've, I've pieced it together he's insane. So also, he created Man... a villain that a kind of shadow is enough to kill it. He has the yeah. easiest weakness. Yeah, it's it's just mild shade. Yeah. Uh, Not which, even by the way, shade. he walks like he's in a room that has tons of natural light, and he walks away from the window, and he's like, I can't do it anymore. It's like, it's, yeah, oh. he has to be in direct sunlight, which is funny because later he flies into a volcano. I would argue... <laughs> not a lot of light in the bottom of a volcano? Not, not a lot of sunlight inside of a volcano. That's during his, his devastating attacks on the Earth, where he oh goes to attack such important monument, you know, such important locations as the Great Wall of China, uh, a random city, which I assume is like next, like where Pompeii was, and then wants to destroy the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, ah, oh, this guy is really terrible at picking targets. Like, these are... Who gives a shit if somebody destroys the Great Wall of China? Like, I guess it's sad from, like, a cultural heritage, like, historical standpoint, but who gives a shit? And all that sequence is, is Nuclear Man is flying through, uh, flying from, I was about to say across the globe, but we just confirmed it's not. Because he appears to go to, uh, he appears to go to uh, the Statue of Liberty, I think Italy, yeah. And and then also uh, his first attack is uh, in the United States, I believe, right? Isn't he? Isn't well, no, he, he, he goes. He goes Great Wall of China to oh, some, yeah, some China, random Italian city, and then to the United States. And that's it. China, Italy, United States. So he's all he's doing is just not. It's Knocking almost stuff if, over. He's like my cat. Like he's just like yeah. going across my desk, my desk, pushing stuff off, and I'm picking it back up. I'm like, it's it's futile. It's futile. <laughs> like, you're doing nothing. And then that's where they introduce Superman's newest confusing power, the my eyes can rebuild things, which oh, I then, fa- I then yeah. found out is because they didn't have the budget to film the actual scene, so they just that's showed right. the footage of the walls falling down in reverse. Yep. Yep. I was like, that's... oh my god. I, it was, it, yeah, I was just like, this is insane. It was just like I, I don't I, the whole time I, my brother kept saying it too. He was like, "It's like why is like he's like who is picking these things? Cause like isn't he supposed to be inciting countries to build nuclear warheads?" And he's like, "But he's not doing anything that would make you afraid of him. Like he's just like kicking over some rocks." And he's like, "I got gotcha. you." Yeah, and then not to make it even worse, but after he like vaguely sort of threatens Spider Man, uh, Spider Man, Superman by knocking some occasional things over. Um, which Superman just purely fixes, is that uh, after he sort of breaks with his fight with Superman, he goes back to Lex Luthor's place, and then as if just searching for the script so he can figure out what the fuck to do next, he just looks at a newspaper and says, ah, a hot girl. Yes, when Nuclear Man shows up and sees that woman and then is like, leaves, and he shows up, his line when he gets there is, where is woman? And Superman's line is, I won't let you get to her, as if he knows what he is doing. Also, we should address at this point, Nuclear Man is this guy with, like, um, Mel Gibson's haircut from Lethal Weapon, but unable to pull it off. But a uh, drag queen's fingernails. Yes. Yeah, he looks like, you ever seen that uh, acrylic fingertips meme with Captain America? Imagine that, but not as a meme, as if, like, somebody was like, that'd be pretty sweet. He also is being voiced by Gene Hackman. So he's yes, dubbed he horribly. He does not look like he is saying anything that he is saying. 
to the point where I was like, well, they had to know his lines. Couldn't he just mouth them? Does this guy not speak any English at all? What and, you mean, Mark? You mean Mark Pillow? That was Mark Pillow. That's his name. <laughs> oh, so rough. Uh, I feel so fucking bad for him. Uh, apparently, he was a Chippendales dancer, oh, but he him. he did not star in anything. He has the trademark, the trademark, sad trademark on IMDb, where his his name appears in the cast list, but he lacks he lacks an image. To oh, that's trademark. always rough because if you're the person, you can put up an image. You don't have to pay for uh, IMDb Plus. I mean, I mean, I see some people on here who don't deserve an image, so I think you yeah. should have at least had one. <laughs> also, I enjoyed that in this uh, this version of Superman, uh, they decided to give. I don't know if you noticed this when Superman goes to talk to Lex Luthor, in which he completely, he's like, "Oh, I see. You cloned me by shooting, uh, by putting something on one of those nukes I threw in the sun." It was like, "Wait, how did you figure that out? That's such an insane plot point." But while he's standing there, there is a shot where he turns sideways and he is wearing like a cup and it sticks out like four inches from his body. It is so upsetting. I was like, oh God, it's like he's wearing like a weird diaper almost. It was so weird. I could not, it's like, oh, I don't like this. Speaking of the cloning scene, uh, we find that Lex Luthor goes to a museum which has a 1,000 pound weight being held up by Superman's hair to show how strong it is. But it's just, like, easily cut by, like, a regular pair of, like, bolt cuts. Yeah. Not to mention that if you're a museum that has the, uh, uh, a strand of hair from an alien being, uh, put something around it, buddy. Yeah. A laser. Uh, hard glass. I don't know. A guard. Yeah. I should point out, I should point out, and I don't know if this is intentional, but, uh, uh, I just, I thought it was bizarre. Um, Lenny is, they're both trying to dress, I guess, like casual americans because they're wearing oh, like yeah they they were like nascar like they shirts look like they just went to like a thrift store and just bought sweatshirts yeah. they have like tigers on them that say like go cougars like it's like the but, most like fake like uh yeah everyday lenny, american clothes lenny's shirt says cyclones like a, like, a, like a sports team on it and then when the way when he's standing there next to him the only word that's visible is clone uh, for much of the time as they're breaking out the the hair and i i don't know if that was maybe a clever attempt uh from the director or just a complete fucking accident i don't know i think it but, was probably uh, just a complete accident i would assume so based on everything else i've read about this film uh but the fight sequences we, we've touched on them before but there's there's this chase scene which is so bad because as we've said earlier the the flying is not good and i don't know to de- to a degree I, I don't want to blame a movie that came out you know in 19 no this is uh 87 it, it there there isn't like a, a film that's done flying better i guess at this time but this no there is definitely also, is this is this is really terrible green screen it's like, it's not really only is it like rough. when you watch old movies you can see where you're like oh they superimpose this you know, like if you go back and watch like the original theatrical Star Wars, you're like, I can see how they did this, and it's like it's not a big deal. You know, if you watch the original Superman, you're like, that dude's not really flying. But what's insane is this movie looks worse than the original Superman because most of the flying shots are grainy and out of focus. Like the rest yeah. of the movie was filmed on film, and it was like they went to film the flying scenes, and they're like, fuck it, just put it on it like and a, a VHS camcorder at somebody's house. There's weird fuck-ups, too, because when when Nuclear Man is flying the Statue of Liberty to go throw it at some people, I guess, um, like, you can see through the the part of the statue he's holding. Like, they cut to him holding, like, the... Like like the the fingers of, of Lady Liberty and, like, around the book or whatever. Um, and, uh, and you can see... Like the 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 scenery behind passing behind it as if it's like ghostly, and I was like, guys, it's like bare minimum. Like if well, you found it, when you have somebody fly a green looking object in front of a green screen, it becomes translucent. It's yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just but terrible the, effects, and I mean, but the second fight sequence, like you said on the moon, is just a bunch of like slow flips and it, like. like me they're fighting in like could... a cat box they're fighting in like a litter box is what yes. it looks like at one point he throws superman to the ground and superman hits what is just moon dust and reacts as if like someone just threw him through the earth like i mean he, he hits the ground he pushes he's, like, the unconscious. moon at some point here he pushes it yeah i mean 
And, uh, oh, by the way, we And somehow figures mentioned... out uh, the guy's weakness. They never explained how he knew his weakness was the sun. He's just like, I figured he must have gotten his power from the sun. It's like, that's a pretty big guess. And, like, if um, you knew that, why didn't you just bury... Like, why didn't you put that elevator on the dark side of the moon? Surely yeah. Superman's smart enough to know the moon rotates at the same speed as the Earth, so the same side is always facing us. He forgot the sun exists. Uh, but but we also forgot to mention, we bowled over because there's so much things to be mad about, uh, that at some point uh, during the, the first fight, uh, Superman is scratched. Yeah, yes. scratched. He got cat by the, fever. He's scratched by the elegant, elegant nails. The silver nails. <laughs> the elegant silver Lee nails. Press-ons. Uh, these press-ons, he's scratched by uh, on the back of the neck by them, which of course causes, as with any radiation poisoning, him to age rapidly. Yes, but only in one shot. He is gone for like four days, and Lois shows up, and uh, she's like, I knew you'd be here. It's like, yeah, it's my apartment. Where else would I be? But she's, he's like, oh, I've just got the flu. And he's just like sitting there, and he's sweating. Then they cut back to him later, and he's bald. And he's like old, and he has like really bad old man makeup on. And I was like, Wait, was that like a a thing? Like, why why would first of all that do any like being cut by a guy with radiation cause you to age? But it was like they didn't explain it. All of a sudden he's old and he takes that crystal and he basically is like crystal and then it heals him. And I was like, wait, what? And he appeared to be hiding the crystal just on his deck, which is like a weird place to hide an alien artifact. It's just like I hope nobody comes out this way. It's definitely a bizarre, just, I don't know. Weird... I, I, my notes are just, they've, they've, they've gone off the rails here because they, because I, I couldn't keep track. Because like I said at the very, very top, when, when Nuclear Man is flying through space, hanging off the ankle of the villain, and as if she's like clinging to a hot air balloon, as they're like deeply... Yeah, deep. and she's perfectly fine for being in space, which we already saw a guy had to be in a spacesuit earlier in the movie. So they understood yeah, the we beginning know of the movie yeah, we that know space, space is unsafe. We know that much, that you're supposed to wear one. But later in the film, they were like, I think it's just optional. Uh, and, and... There's also a scene uh, when Nuclear Man shows up to get the woman, as he refers to her, uh, he just stands on a street and keeps looking at stuff and it blows up and Superman just stands there and watches him. He never makes an effort to stop him. And like, I, they appear to both be telekinetic because like they'll throw something and one of them will just look at it and it'll land. And I was like, what is going on? Like, the, I, I guess it was because they had no budget, but that fight scene on the moon, like, I feel like me and you right now with no prep time could make a better fight scene. I'd pay money for that. I'd pay money. I think I think our listeners would pay money to watch us duke it out in a gray Dre- sandbox. And dressed as a nuclear man and Superman? With a giant codpiece? I call it nuclear man. I mean, I want those fucking... I want those... Uh, you want those nails? Those nails, maybe. Go get your nails, dude. Um, it, I, yeah, I don't know. And then at the end, he kills nuclear man by shooting him into a nuclear reactor, which seems to overpower the nuclear reactor i, I fucking like, love this scene he flies an unconscious nuclear man into a reactor and just dunks him in like an open hatch i guess yeah, into the uh what are those things called the big uh, like smokestacks they have a name i can't think of it but i was like um i don't think those go into the reactor like i don't think the reactor is just open inside it but like every the guys are like what's going on and like all the dials start spiking i was like oh my god is nuclear man like did superman just cause chernobyl like, is that what's happening? I think but so. But it just, it just lights up all the lights in Metropolis. I love that, too, because it shows, like, the city and all the lights get brighter as if he's super, like, supercharged Metropolis. Can you imagine just, like, you're blending up, like, a fucking, a fucking margarita and just, like, holy shit, like, it just spins. Yeah, like, you're in the shower and the water just knocks you unconscious, or... I mean, like, and, like, the weird thing is, too, <laughs> Superman's, like, when all his lights come on... I was just eating a fucking burrito. What the hell, Superman? Yeah, my entire Exploded. house just burned down. <laughs> but, like, Superman, when all the lights come on, he has, like, a smug, like, nod, like, yeah, I did it. As if, like, this I was just his ex- plan. I just extinguished a... <laughs> a a life. I know I was, he was a clone, but... I just extinguished a life so everyone's fucking like vibrating chair will work better for an hour <laughs> oh yeah that, those people were like killed you know 
mean, you can't, you can't write this shit. I mean, it's. <laughs> what happened to Jeff? Well, he was in, in an elevator when the power spiked and it shot him straight up into the moon, which is in a different place than it used to be. <laughs> also, I think the Statue of Liberty fell over on some people. Yeah, my wife was curling her hair and it just fucking, just fucking singed it right off her head. Yeah, so the uh, viewing's on Thursday. <laughs> so many deaths from the power yeah center. yeah and superman just smugly flying by also uh this movie did remind me of one thing margot kidder is ter- terrible like she did not get better from superman one so no also the no, women in not- this movie are given one thing to do and it's one yeah. it's it's one it's to want to fuck superman or clark kent they just gotta pick which one and then they can go from there but they've they're given nothing else to do it is uh this was terrible I, I hope if you guys watched it, you enjoyed some of the humor of it, of how bad it was, but I, I think that's it for my notes, other than just, like, random lines about stupid shit. So, you have anything else? No, I, 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 I had, this is probably my longest notes, I would say. Yeah, I had a huge amount of notes. I did not peter off like I did with other movies that I didn't like. Like, I, I was actively angry at this movie, which is the delight that I, that I, I do this podcast for. <laughs> yeah, I, I could not believe, like, the thing that got me was, like, it was really bad and I was enjoying it. But, like, the, the scene with the, in the apartment where he was, like, doing the two dates thing like really sapped my enjoyment of the film for like because i was like oh this is really bad this is funny i'm enjoying this and then that scene just went on and on i was like this movie's only an hour and 27 minutes why would you have left this scene in the movie if you're gonna cut anything out it serves zero purpose yeah and then that last fight scene was pretty terrible but for the rest of it i mean it's, it's worth maybe watching i guess i don't know would you recommend it I, that's the fun, I think I would. I think if I had friends over and we were watching bad movies, this one, because they they cut the movie down to an hour 20, keeping only what they thought were good scenes, which of course is really hilarious. Which also makes you wonder, what besides, the was the rest of the like? Besides like, some of the, the, the too long sequences like you meant, it's only like, I think a couple of those. It is full on pedal to the metal stupid for the rest of the movie and i think that is so entertaining so yeah i would yeah. if you wanted to watch a dumb superman movie you cannot get dumber than quest for peace i would recommend if you were going to watch it with some people to make fun of it there's definitely oh yeah a lot. me and my brother had fun making fun of it and uh, just a, a fun fact about this film the stuff they cut out they had planned on using to be the like the groundwork for superman 5 which they were so sure was going to be made because they thought this movie was going to do well and then it came out and it tanked and they cut, they decided not to do the Spider-Man movie, which I don't know if you've ever looked up the plot for the Spider-Man movie they were going to do. Spider-Man is literally a Spider-Man, like a man who is a spider. And he is in like some sort of arena fighting other people who are part animals. I don't know why, but that was the movie they were going to make. It's so, a fucking crime. That, that, that movie does not get made. I know. I'm so disappointed we'd never get to see it. Cause it's like, that had to be an insane film to watch. So check it out, maybe if you feel like it, if you've got friends coming over. I don't recommend watching it by yourself, because it'd be probably a sad watch. Oh, God. I, I had to watch it by myself, and I would not recommend watching it. Yeah, finally, usually I'm the one who has to be like, I watched this by myself, and Ben's watched it with like a guest or somebody, yeah. and it's like, I, I'm like, oh, here's, that's, that's a here's the real moment. I was behind on finishing this film, so I downloaded it, I caught my rental onto my phone, and I was watching a bit uh, on my commute. And I was sitting on a crowded train coming home from work today, and I had the movie open, and it was this like the fight sequence between Nuclear Man and Superman. And I was just as I was watching it, I kind of glanced around and I felt shame. I so do. I turned I, it off. I've always wondered, like, when you're watching those movies, I'm like, do you think like if people look over, are they like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Or like, I always wonder what's going through is, somebody's is head. Is that guy watching me. Time Cop Two: The Berlin Decision? <laughs> oh yeah, because like one time I I was watching a movie. I was doing the same thing. I was watching it like on my phone, and I had gone to go get uh, food, and I was like waiting for it, and I was just like sitting there, and I had the I had my headphones, and I was watching it, and when I got up to go pay for my food, when they like waved me over, I looked, and there was a guy behind me had been watching the movie over my shoulder. And oh it, no, sir! It was. It's I can't like, remember. It's like se- it's like secondhand smoking. Like you, yeah, it, <laughs> like you burned him. Like, I think it was maybe like Swamp Thing or Man Thing. And I looked back, and he <laughs> he had this look on his face where I think he was like, like he couldn't look away because he was like, "What is this guy watching? Why is he watching this? Why is he watching it here? Like it's so important to him. He's watching it in like a restaurant, waiting for food." 
he had to he had to watch that scene. It was it was killing him. Yeah, and I I was like, I probably ruined that guy's life. You know, it's that Louis this is Black the thing. Joke. This is what we do for you for you listeners. This is, yeah. this is the pain we get that we judged by random people in public for our poor choices in film. <laughs> Speaking of poor choices in film, come back next week where we'll talk about the uh, next movie we'll be doing. If you have a suggestion for a comic book adaptation you'd like to see us do. Leave a message on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, on SoundCloud. All of them are slash NAOS pod. You can follow Ben on Twitter at the Disco Pony, and you can follow his comedy Twitter, the Strange Log. You can find me on Instagram. I updated like a month ago, so I'm pretty psyched. It's at it. It's at its Pogues. So there we go. Check that out, and uh, come back next week, and we'll tell you what's up next. I think what I should have done is if someone noticed I was watching Superman is just turn around, widen my eyes, make direct contact and just say, betrayed, 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 betrayed. <laughs>